Hello everyone and welcome to episode 43 of The Stagey Place with me your host Elliot and in today's episode we are chatting to James Wolfe who is the writer of Joe and Sam Find Themselves in Woking, a brand new production written in rhyming couplets which is happening this April from the 5th until the 23rd at the Hen and Chickens Theatre in London. In this episode, we talk to James about the writing process of the production, as well as his previous work, Empty and Angel, which was a production which I saw last year with Sarah from Thrifty Theatre, one of our previous guests in Series 1. So that's really exciting that we get to talk about his previous production, as well as what it's been like being a writer, how he got into the industry, plus his advice for younger creators. So it's a really exciting episode and I really hope that you enjoy. Hello James, welcome to the Stage of Place. How are you doing today? I'm very good, thanks. and really happy to be chatting to you about the play. So thank you for inviting me. Well, no, thank you for getting in touch. We were just saying before the recording that I came to see one of your previous productions, which was Empty and Angel, that I saw last year at the Etc. Theatre. And we'll talk a little bit more about that play. But we also want to talk about the current play, which is Joe and Sam Find Themselves in Woking, which is happening this month at the Hen and Chickens Theatre from the 5th until the the 23rd of April so as we're recording now on the weekend before the production opens and James how exciting is it for you to have a new production open in London for a new three-week run? Yeah, it's brilliant and we played Empty and Angel at the Hen and Chickens and I think it was our favourite venue of the ones we played and I delighted when they offered me a three week for this show. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, I hope. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And how have rehearsals been for the show? They've been great, actually. I mean, two actors have been scarily on top of it for great. Like, a, a long time. So it's not a few days ago and people are wondering, how the hell are we going to pull this? altogether <laughs> because I've really known their lines for a very long time and I think because it's a play that's very stripped back without set and without many props or hardly any props it's been quite a simple rehearsal process in that they've just been focusing on the acting and the storytelling but as you'll find out it's not an easy play to perform. Yes because I was going to say because you actually sent over the script to me we were talking about sending over an extract of a script and actually yeah. you sent the whole script over which I didn't read all of it because obviously I want to make sure that when I come and see the show I don't fully know everything about the show but I read I think it was like the first 10 pages I think and then I stopped and I was like this is probably a good portion to read before writing the questions for this interview and what I really got from the script is that even though it's just the two actors they do interact in some capacity with other characters in the show and I wanted to talk a little bit about how does that work as a writer knowing that you've got these two actors do you already have like in mind how like you would want those portions of the script to be perceived on stage well if i can take a step back so when i wrote empty an angel as you know one actor who performs a multitude of parts and does different voices and also does different scenes where a ton of characters appear like might be a trade union meeting and she and she creates an argument within a trade union meeting amongst all these cycle careers or or does a whole court case so for this one i decided okay i i do want other characters in this play but i'm mm. just going to have the actors speak their own character and anyone else they meet and speak to we will have to kind of guess what has been said 
by that person. And as the play goes on, when they do meet other people, it becomes progressively more complicated and you have several conversations going on at once. And that's part of the fun of the device in a way. So, for example, there's a market scene where they're buying vegetables from different storeholders and, and other produce whilst having a kind of argument about the state of their relationship. So there's a lot of people who are hearing the wrong things and reacting to the wrong lines and stuff like that, but all done by the two actors. It's quite a lot of fun, I hope. Yeah, and James, I also just want to take a step back, actually, before talking any further about your productions, to also just say that you're the writer of these two pieces that we've spoken about already. And for you, James, how did you actually get into writing for theatre? I was taken to a lot of plays as a kid. My mum was a big theatre fan, and she tended to sort of favour West End-type productions, which, when I was growing up, were a lot of farces in the West End. Okay. So I, while I went to the, the theatre quite a bit as a youth, I didn't always love what I saw, because I found it quite mm. contrived and very commercial. But as I sort of started to investigate theatre a bit more myself, when I went to the Edinburgh Fringe with friends and stuff like that I saw for me what were amazing plays including Sun in Rye and I kind of rediscovered my love of theatre or a love yeah. of theatre that perhaps I hadn't had when I was sort of being taken along not always that willingly when I was younger and then I wrote a play that we did at university that we took to Edinburgh and, and I've been writing plays ever since really that's amazing and let's just talk about olive and stavros as well because that's the company that's been formed that have had empty and angel and joe and sam find themselves in woking under the umbrella of do you just want to talk a little bit about the company how you set it up why you set it up and what kind of theater you hope to produce using the company name we formed the company really to produce my last play empty and angel yeah and we're trying to tackle really important subjects but playfully with a mm. kind of a light touch and in unexpected ways so as i kind of hinted at our aesthetic is is a sort of stripped back theater but yeah but we're always keen to really produce or i am produce material that challenges the actors so at first glance if you read this play some of the scenes would seem almost impossible to perform we don't have props or scenery as such or we try and like, have the absolute minimum though we do use film and images we want our actors to have all the responsibility for entertaining the audience and it would be a real challenge but also a joy for them to perform these plays so that that's our, that's what we're aiming for yeah and going back to when i was talking about those first 10 pages that i was reading not only were there these multiple characters that were joining in with the production but it was also written with rhyming couplets which is really really fascinating and interesting to read but also felt very fluent it wasn't clunky at all like i was reading it and it was kind of like just falling off the page which was amazing and how did you decide that this play was going to be one that was going to be written with those rhyming couplets? Well, yeah, good question. I mean, firstly, I'm I'm a big fan of Moliere. I mean, people don't know him. It's certainly worth checking out some of his plays and the translations. He's not always translated in rhyme, though he wrote mm -hmm. in rhyming couplets himself. But I've also enjoyed other plays written in rhyme, like Stephen Burkhoff used to do quite a lot of plays in rhyme. 
as well and because I had some verse in Empty and Angel I just thought I really want to just try and write a whole play in verse the, the thing about it is as you as you hinted the words are spoken naturalistically or should be and so yes. the line will often go straight into the next one so you won't necessarily even hear the rhyme at all also I want to say I just had the most fun writing this play I've ever had right. writing and I wrote it in about three weeks and then I redrafted it a bit for this uh, new production I wrote three new scenes in January for this production yeah. and they're some of the longest possibly the best scenes actually in this play but the original draft was written last year and we did this rehearsed reading at the Lightbox Gallery in Woking and I'd, I'd written this play and I'd included the Lightbox Woking and I'd included this specific piece of art the light the dark yes. and I hadn't told either the gallery or the artist that I was doing this then we were at the Lightbox and my wife happened to mention that I'd written a play about that was partly set and they were really interested so they offered to uh, host a reading when when they sort of checked mm. out the play a bit and we had Marigold Plunkett there and the her actual art behind the rehearsed reading and the artist herself there was the most amazing thing and they've both been really supportive as has the Ingram collection which owns that particular painting so we, we yeah. it's not a painting etching so we're going to have the art projected this time for this run. amazing yeah fantastic. yeah and am i right in thinking that the the trailer for the show itself is is that also set in the same venue yes yeah the trailer yeah. shows the uh the art gallery and it shows the real piece of art and in the background is marigold plunkett a couple of times i, I like to make real references or you know it's a bit like metafiction where you break the fourth wall or you tell people this is a story i mean some of my favorite films and plays play around a lot with that kind of thing so and you get that in in this play but the fourth wall is not just broken it's completely demolished at times oh. but but that's part of the fun of it for me uh, yeah. Yeah, and so what do you want audiences to expect coming into watching the show? And what do you hope that they actually take away after finishing the production? I mean, I should say I wrote the play out of a real concern about the type of world we're handing to millennials and Generation Z. And, and, and I've got two daughters who are both, uh, one in the sixth form and one at university. And, that's, yeah. and I'm genuinely worried about what they are going to have to deal with in the future. So the starting mm. place for this play was deadly serious. But I quickly decided it would be a romantic comedy when I started writing it and that it wasn't going to be naturalistic so I just give that yeah. sort of background but what the audience can expect is two fabulous performances from Kieran D and Phoebe Marshall and they're being brilliantly directed by Catherine Riley who directed Empty and Angel the second production yes. they saw and they can expect to see interaction between real people and events so as I've told you about Marigold Plunkett and there's other kind of real people that come into the show as well and we have film that we use so for example the actors respond to seeing themselves on the screen so there's that kind of playfulness there but I think really I'm really hoping this play is a lot of fun whilst dealing with some pretty dark and pressing issues that we're all facing right now. Are you hoping that the play stays with people and like gives them a little bit of a message about how to go about life afterwards? Does it kind of have a meaning to the show and yeah. you know how well, we should live our lives? Insofar as I'm an existentialist, in that I yeah. believe the world is a pretty chaotic and meaningless place. But the mm -hmm. meaning comes through what you do rather than trying to find meaning in what's around you. 
So it is an existentialist <laughs> job in that sense. And yeah. uh, without being very heavy about it, that is discussed by the characters to a certain extent. Well, James, for you, if you were to look back at a younger James starting off writing for theatre, what advice would you give them? Well, brilliant question. And I mean, it's never easy being a writer. So I think you've got to really love the actual craft of writing and and enjoy doing that because there's no point otherwise. I think you have to have a love of theatre and writing to even start doing this. Don't write for posterity or thinking you're be- going to become famous or wealthy or anything like that yeah. that's also not a great starting point but i think also i'd say don't ever compare yourself or your career trajectory with other people because yeah. uh, that could be a disheartening process i'd say just compete against yourself as a writer so every time you write something just try and make it as good or better than the last thing you wrote and don't worry so much about what everyone else is doing and, and if you can achieve that you will cure yourself of a lot of potential angst and you know fear or feeling like a failure and stuff because yeah. we can all find playwrights and other people who are doing better than us or making more money or playing the venues that we want to play so i'd say yeah. just concentrate on your own trajectory and not other people's yeah and i just want to talk obviously also about the reception that you got from empty and angel also because when I came to see the show, it was at the Etc. Theatre, and I think it was at the Etc. Theatre before then going on to do a couple of venues, like a small little tour. Just talk a little bit about the reception that you got from all of these different venues with audience-wise, and was that reception that you got from the audience what you expected them to take away from that production also? Yeah, uh, so 2021 run, which you saw, was the second time yeah. it was produced. First produced at the White Bear, four nights Great. in December 2019 and it sold out we had trade Great. union people cycle couriers we didn't have any lawyers at that point nope. and nope. I wanted the employment lawyers to come along and see it mm-hmm. so we knew it could work we knew that people would like the player we were really hoping that would continue it had a combination of things that really appealed to audiences a it was an important subject the gig economy is often a subject people know nothing about you know an underdog who actually achieves success against a big company in, in a tribunal so it had a few things going for it like that and and the the uh, reaction i had was amazing and i'm I, I was so glad about that what i was also delighted about was that towards the end of the run we started to get loads of employment lawyers in and the judge in the right. case the original tribunal came and she really loved wow. the play yeah had some barristers from the actual case coming in and we actually last month the judge asked us to do a special performance for judges of the play so we we went back to the hen and chicken and did a performance for 50 judges and barristers (laughs) private performance and that included some but some the judge again some of the barristers in the case and they absolutely loved it and they loved that it was a positive on the whole because lawyers don't tend to get a good press generally but yeah. i think it was positive although it took the piss out of them as well so yeah so that for me was incredibly heartwarming that i kind of conquered the legal world as well as the sort of general uh, audiences you know it seems to appeal to everybody and i hope the new one does as well yeah well that's absolutely fantastic to hear about that return for that one-off performance of empty and injury in front of all those lawyers that sounds incredible and the original judge as well from the case as well that's real art imitating life life imitating art way of seeing it where something that really happened 
then gets put into a theatrical sense and then just comes full circle. I changed the barristers' names. Yeah. And so, so one of the barristers is called Sinjin K. Jolly, which is a bit of a, a joke name, really, because it's like the sort of name you'd expect a barrister to have. And after the performance, the barrister himself said, why did you change my name to Sinjin K. Jolly? And because we had this Q&A and I said, well, it's a sort of a bit of a joke, really. I thought I had to <laughs> a little bit out of the legal profession. But then a couple of days later, I had an email from the judge saying that barrister's family are all, all calling him Sinjin Jolly now uh, oh. because he brought his wife and son to see this. Show. So he's now <laughs> the character's name in my play, which I absolutely love. <laughs> That's fantastic. Just look, yeah, just look at what your writing's done. It's just completely changed someone's life and <laughs> giving them a whole new name <laughs> well james thank you so much for coming on today to talk about joe and sam find themselves in working and to talk about a little bit about empty and angel how you came into this industry and also the advice that you'd have for young creators out there wanting to step into writing but before we leave this episode today james i've got one final question and that is the title of this podcast which is the stagey place and what i want to know from you is whereabouts your stagey places so in previous episodes we've had dressing rooms we've had classrooms we've had international amphitheaters we've had west end venues we've had regional venues you know community halls we've had the lot and it doesn't necessarily have to be a stagey place or a theatrical place just somewhere for you that has really helped shape your career as a creative and for you james as a writer so whereabouts is your stagey place well my stagey place doesn't exist anymore as a stagey place, which is a little bit sad, but it, it was a place called the Man in the Moon Theatre, which was yep. a pub theatre in Chelsea, where I was lucky enough to have my first two stage plays performed. They were both full-length plays. first one was on for four weeks, I think, and the second one for six weeks, if you can believe that. And they were both paid gigs. And wow. um, atmosphere at the theatre had a gallery, held almost 100 people in uh, the upstairs and the downstairs. It was a really great venue. Sadly, doesn't exist. It was on the King's Road. But I think the pub yeah. is still there. So I was pretty young when I had those two plays on. But I, but yeah, really happy memories from that period, definitely. That's amazing. And yeah, you, we do often find that creatives choose the places that they have their first pay gig, especially yeah because it just really helped get their foot in the door I guess in the industry and that's really lovely to hear that also it's a pub theatre and also a theatre that had a gallery as well and a hundred seats which just sounds insane for pub theatres now. It just seems really unusual from that sense because the gallery was around three sides as well I don't think there were three sides in the audience underneath I think it was more sort of end on but the gallery yeah went around three sides it was really lovely space. Well, that sounds incredible. And James, that actually brings us to the end of our episode today. So I just want to say thank you again so much for coming on to talk about your productions and to talk about your current production, which is Joe and Sam find themselves in Woking. It's at the Hen and Chickens from the 5th until the 23rd of April. And James, if they want to get tickets or find you or find anything to do with your company, whereabouts can they search you up online? 
We have a website, oliveandstavros.com, and I'm on Twitter, so is the company. So the best place for them to go actually is on the Hen and Chickens website where you can buy tickets yeah. for the show. <laughs> we start there yeah. and then investigate the company after you bought the tickets. That's just my yeah. personal preference. We're, <laughs> we're all over the internet, so yeah. That's fantastic. And I'll definitely make sure to put all that contact information in the script notes, which is a bit below these episodes as they go out on their streaming platforms but james once again thank you so much for coming on to the stagey place thank you elliot it's been a real pleasure chatting and there we go that was my interview with james wolf writer of joe and sam find themselves in woking which is happening this april from the 5th until the 23rd at the hen and chickens theater like james said in that episode you can follow him on twitter which is at wolf james as well as his company Olive and Stavros. They have Instagram and Twitter, which is at Olive and Stavros. You can also follow The Stagey Place on Twitter and Instagram at The Stagey Place. So until next time, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning into this episode, and I hope that you're staying stagey until the next time we speak. Goodbye. <laughs>